Hello, James. Hello, Jack. James, we just, uh, our, our episode with the poker guys dropped today. Um, they're like all shacked up in a house together. And I haven't even seen you in, you know, I don't know, it's like going to be two years soon. Yeah. It's well, you, you got to come out to Oregon. It's, you know, we got nice weather now. Um, it's beautiful out here. Lots of trees. Are people even allowed to come to Oregon? <laughs> uh, well, it it varies. There's a weekly update that we're given that lets us know what we're allowed to do. So just keep an eye on that and you should be okay. Sounds ideal for uh, long-term planning. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we got a fun hand today. Oh, we do. Good. Uh, I was worried we'd have a, you know, a crappy hand. Yeah. Well, Just yeah. Crap. unlike the rest of our hands, this one is uh, very interesting. But it's, I mean, it's from uh, from the win five ten twenty actually this game, and it's the hand is played by what I would consider to be a very strong player, and against an aggressive opponent and yeah it's a tough spot so you know i think this is what some people might be kind of aspiring to play in a game like this and this is the kind of spot you're going to be in and you're gonna have to make some tough decisions yeah the win game is interesting i've i've played that game a number of times it's it can be like a little bit reggy but in very different ways on different occasions sometimes it feels like you know you're playing against a lot of vips and then the sort of regs are kind of like paper tigers buying in deep but they're never going to actually do anything and then sometimes the game feels like wow there's just some really strong players here just depends on the night uh so it's definitely i, I like the atmosphere there and you're definitely going to find some some big losers in the mix, and so it can be it can be a good game to play. I've I've had good success in it, but definitely, uh, you know, it's not a game that I would necessarily want to play in you know, if I wasn't feeling great, for example. Yeah, the the nice thing about the win games too is. They're deep stacked, so you get into a lot of interesting spots that way. And um, you don't have to... It's not like the Bellagio, which is your other favorite room, right? I've never won at the Bellagio, now that you mentioned it. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, I, haven't, I never played the Bellagio anymore because I just... I don't know. There's so many places in Vegas that I don't know why why I would ever want to play somewhere where I feel like I'm kind of hexed. Yeah. So that's a real feeling like the I don't know. You can feel like cursed sometimes and um it's I don't believe in curses, but I think part of one's brain can sometimes and so you want to avoid playing in those environments cuz your decisions won't be as good, even if it's just in the back of your mind. I have to say also the, uh, I hate $10 chips. Like I really do. I think <laughs> it's, it's obscene. 
to be honest. It's uh, it's wholly unnecessary and very non-standard in the, I would say, like broader world of five ten games. So I I don't understand why there's a number of places in Vegas that seem to prefer doing things with the ten dollar chips. I just uh, I really dislike it. So I think that that screws with me a little bit. Uh, if I remember correctly, the wind does the same thing, um, but they use blue, if I remember, and the Bellagio uses orange, and I would just take blue over orange any day, no question. You know, orange $10 chips, just, you know, count me out for that. All right, you heard it here first. If you don't want Jack playing in your game, add in some orange $10 chips. Well, I just think it's stupid because you want people to feel comfortable moving up stakes. So if you have both the barrier of not only is it a bigger game with better players, but also the chips are different. So you have to sort of be thinking, okay, how, like if I want to bet $80, like how am I going to do it? I think it's, I just think it's a bad situation. All right, so in the hand. <laughs> Good strategy tactic to start us off. We got a, an aggressive uh, aggressive opponent who likes to play a little bit wide in position is our kind of read and is able to, yeah, is able to like put on pressure and find bluffs, is not afraid of playing big pots yeah you know when i talk about paper tigers what i kind of mean is there's some people who are playing they're sitting deep because they want to cover the worst players but they also really don't want to play big pots against the better players so if this is someone who is willing to play big pots against the better players then it becomes a much more dangerous situation Yeah, agreed. Um, so the game is 5, 10, 20. Um, I think this game is uncapped, but we are heroes 3K effective uh, in this game with the main villain. So main villain raises to 60 from the hijack and um, folds to us in the small blind, and we have ace-nine suited, ace-nine of spades. What do you kind of like here? What what factors would make you go one way versus another way? Uh, with a hand like this, I would definitely be factoring in a little bit of like, what is the kind of meta of the room? and also the meta of like the current game because sorry so we're facing a cutoff open hijack open yeah and it's a straddle game so like we're call me crazy but i actually don't think folding is crazy um we have a strong hand 
Would you say? I agree that folding isn't crazy. The meta of the small blind can kind of get in the way a little bit um, because so many players play like a very heavy three bet strategy that I think it starts to disincentivize us to actually three bet hands that are not that strong. And so ace nine definitely is not that strong. And so if we're uh, if we're in that kind of meta where I think we, we don't want to three bet because people sort of expect a wide three bet strategy from the small blind, then you're kind of in like collar fold mode. So I, I would probably be really trying to factor like how what are what kind of opponents do I have in the big blind and in the straddle? Like if the straddle is a VIP that I expect calls too wide and stacks off too wide, those sorts of things, then yeah, call. If you're if those are very strong players, then I think just fold. Now if the if the meta is not like three bet heavy from the small blind, um then you know we can start to consider three bit, but I still just think uh I think we might be just best off folding if that's the case. So I'm probably fold or call depending on who is in the big blind and uh, in the straddle. Yeah, I was going to say that for me, the most important factors are those opponents, uh, big blind and straddle. How, yeah, how loose are they playing? How often are they going to squeeze when we flat? Another thing that we know is that this player likes to play, will probably call a lot in position, and our hand doesn't really necessarily want calls if we choose to 3-bet. And so, yeah, that leans me more away from 3-bet as well. So, yeah, I, I think if I had to rank... Well, I mean, it it just it depends on who's in the big blind and straddle, which is not information that we have right now. Um, here, Alex to make it two forty, and um, we get called by the hijack in position, the straddle and big blind fold. Anything to say about sizing here, or uh, any other thoughts, preflop? No, not particularly. Okay. You got um so we have five fifteen going into the pot um on the flop, and the flop is ace of hearts, ten of clubs, nine of diamonds. A reminder that we have ace of spades, nine of spades. So we have top and bottom, two pair, and the SPR is five and a half, something like this. Hero bets half pot here. What do what do we think about that? I guess I guess we usually say what we would want to do on the flop first, but yeah, I mean it's an ASI board. I guess I'll give my thoughts. It's an ASI board. So we're gonna have an advantage like in terms of the best top pair. Um 
our opponent can definitely have tens, nines, probably in full combos, probably never four betting them. Um, an ace ten suited, maybe ace nine suited, and then probably like a lot of these straight draws and gut shots too. King jack suited, queen jack suited, um, king king queen suited. Yeah, a lot of suited broadways here that like we benefit from betting against. So, yeah, I like a bet. I'm not sure what sizing is best. I'm going to assume that the meta of the game is that players three bet the small blind a lot and that most players understand that that's what happens. So that's something I'm going to color my analysis here. So I'm anticipating us to have a lot of equitable hands. So I think I think range asymmetries are kind of like weird for us here, where we have we have more like kings, queens, ace, king, ace, queen than our opponent, most likely. Um, we might have more aces as well. We might have more jacks, tens. It's a little hard to say. Um, I think we have sets, two pairs. Obviously, we have two pairs. So or I, I just think we're, we have and are perceived to have like this very kind of like broadly equitable range. So I think that it's like our opponent's range has a lot of equity as well. But I do think that we have like an advantage. And the way I would approach a spot is we have an advantage, but our opponent's in position and is a pretty dynamic board. So I would potentially try and just kind of like, instead of check bet like a very small amount, not really to try and get a lot of folds or anything, more so just basically me saying like, hey, you have like the positional advantage here. So I'm not really trying to put in a ton of money right now, but I also think my range is stronger than yours. And so I would like to see the pot be a little bit bigger for the turn when your positional advantage is less and my range might actually be much stronger than yours based on what card we see. So I like betting something like, let's say 30%, uh, 25 or 30%. Yeah, that's that's something we might do with like Ace King, Ace Queen, which is kind of the our main advantage here, like the main asymmetry is we have some more of those hands. Because otherwise I think both ranges are pretty um merged with a lot of suited broadways and like medium pairs. I, I might even go a little smaller, like twenty percent. Interesting. 
because I'm I'm sort of trying to get my opponent to take me. I mean, hold on. Let me let me take a step back because we do have Ace Nine. Yeah. Which is so we're we're not in like a very we're in an atypical part of our range. So we don't mind inducing aggression. So I like I, I like airing on a little bit larger here with ace nine is a bit of an exploit. So something like the 30%. I think with a lot of our range where I almost think we want like a little bit of respect. We don't want to get fucked with as much. I might even go smaller. So small that your opponent almost has to like really sort of like consider like, okay, what is this? Who is this person who's doing this? Yeah. Do they just have aces right now? Yeah. Or is this someone, is this like a really high level play? Almost like trying to sort of, we're out of position. So we're up against an aggressive player. So I, and I, I think our range is equitable. And so it's not like facing aggression here is an absolute disaster with a lot of our holdings, but there's a lot of hands that we had that kind of want to get to the turn and don't necessarily want to like play for stacks or see a flop raise. Um, and so I think that very small bet can sort of, in a sense, like psych our opponent out a little bit into potentially taking a more passive strategy. Yeah, I like it. I think I think it's a good point that the turn is gonna reveal a lot about who like who has the advantage. There are a lot of bad turn cards for our range. Um, that in position will be able to like play well. So hero bets two forty little under just barely under half pot and we actually see a raise in position to 660 so kind of a smallish raise it's really only what like a quarter of a pot size raise yeah so we're getting very good odds on our call. What do you what do you make of this raise? Uh, I think this could be a lot of different hands. I think it's a we have a lot of hands that in our range where this is kind of like all of our gut shots really don't like this size because it's not an, you know, we, we probably just have to fold, but it's like not the easiest fold. Uh, Queen Jack here kind of is put into a tricky spot where you obviously are not folding, but when you just call, you kind of risk getting blown off on the turn. Uh, so I, I could see, 
our opponent definitely taking this strategy with like an a, not necessarily a polarized range. Um, it might be as simple as like, hey, this is a dynamic board. I'm in position. This half pot size seems a little like, like I don't really, it doesn't scream like super polarized. And so like not polarized range versus not polarized range, like in position, I have the advantage. So let me just raise. Plus this guy's just aggressive is, yeah. is our understanding. Um, so it's an interesting spot to consider a three bit. I, I think I'm leaning towards call. Um, but I also think that we can sometimes catch villain with like ace king ace queen here. Cause I do think those hands are a little disincentivized from four betting just because our range, like those hands really dominate our three bet range. And don't necessarily are kind of happy to just see flops. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see like ace kings, ace queens here. So, I mean, I, I think shove is a little interesting. I mean, our equity against those hands is, is very good. It's not like those hands still have like some, like a reasonable amount of equity against us. Um, so if we call, there's like, how much, how much is behind? It's like, it'll be like 1700 in the pot and 2200 in the stacks. Yeah, maybe a little bit more um, based on the sizings, but I think I said 3K effective. So um, yeah, just looking later down the line, it looks like might be more like 2500 behind or something. All right, so we start with a little bit more than 3K. Yeah. It's going to be hard to get away from this hand. So mm -hmm. I think that I think that we're kind of at a bit of a loss. We've kind of lost the war a little bit against ace 10, 10s, 9s, aces. Yeah. So if we knew yeah. our opponent had queen jack would we shove? I I think it's a little too too deep for me to prefer shove. I think it's just look too strong. Do you think? Yeah, I yeah I think we just get. Um, I mean, like we can definitely get called by worse hands, but. I'd, I'd want to go more a size that kind of makes queen jack indifferent to calling. And, you know, it's not really the end of the world if 
um, king jack or king queen folds when we if we like make it a bit smaller go like i mean you think of like 800 or something um or like let's see you can make it like 1k total or something not 1k total um 1k more if we make it 1k more then we would have like 1500 behind on the river it's like 15 into 25 sorry on the turn mm -hmm. or wait no 15 Six. into a bit more um wait, you're saying raise to 1k total or raise to 1600 total 1600 total okay so if we raise to 1600 total we'll be like 30 six or something yeah and we would have like 15 behind you're saying yeah it's yeah i guess shove is less than i thought it was i do kind of like the the smaller size so i think i think if our opponent's really savvy and just doesn't think that we would I almost like an even smaller raise. Because once once we're raising it, we kind of want our opponent to just like think we have queen jack. It's kind of how I'm you know, how I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um so like fourteen hundred total. I think it could be even less. Click it. Like and I, I kind of get the, there's sort of an incentive with Queen Jack to play that way, where you want to feel like you can get folds on the turn. So you don't want to like be in a situation where you're you kind of like less than half pot and it feels like, ah, oh, well, I mean, am I just going to get called or do I check fold? Like, what do I do? Um, so leaving a little bit more behind I mean, I feel like if, maybe we can sell that as a bluff a little bit more. Yeah. If our opponent is very aggressive, call might be better. Like if King Jack, King Queen, Queen Jack all get barreled off at a reasonable frequency here, you know, we might do better to keep some of those hands in. Yeah, but do they really? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm I'm not You think a lot of them are like betting to kind of check back turn or like raising and then checking back turn? Yeah, like not raising, raising raising to like realize slash deny equity from like our gut shots. Mm -hmm. Cause we just have a lot of like A sex once we bet call as a three better. Yeah. Those hands might fold. Like maybe we have some tens or other pairs that could fold. Yeah, a lot of players might check those on the flop. I mean, we might fold ace x by river, like ace king, ace queen. It's tough, you know. Yeah, but you like, don't think someone's trying to bluff us off those hands? 
it's a ballsy play. Yeah. Okay, so if our opponent is, is very is ballsy, like, does Hero have like? Hero's a regular in the room. Yeah. I mean, Hero has to kind of look into his own soul here, maybe a little bit, and say like, does, <laughs> is my opponent the type of person who would try and get me to full ace king? Because if, if that's the case, then I think just call down looks mm -hmm. better. But I feel like if this is sort of like an equitable range that's kind of trying to deny and realize, then the three bet really kind of fucks that strategy. Yeah. Uh, I think the former is more the case. I I think this player is, um, or as described, is willing to like barrel off aggressively to try and get ace-king, ace-queen to fold here. All right, well, I guess let's let him do it. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's merit to the call. I think there's merit to the small raise. I think the shove, if we were not so deep, I think shoving is reasonable. Uh, but I think that it's just too hard to get called by ASEX when we shove here. It's just like a really big bet. And I think people should be able to sniff that one out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, hero calls. Pot on the turn is 1,800. Um, turn, eight of spades. So it's Badugi board. Flop was ace, 10, nine. Turn, eight of spades. And hero has ace, nine for two pair. Um, hero checks. I mean, I think I think we agree on check this board. And we face a bet of seven fifty from the opponent into eighteen hundred or so. So a little under half pot here, like forty percent. I mean, I don't I don't think the obvious draw came in, right? Queen Jack came in. That's probably the hand that's most likely to find a bluff on the flop the way a lot of people are constructing because it has the most it has reasonable equity we're still ahead of some value though 10-9 i mean i don't i don't think we can fold is there a case for jamming to deny equity against king jack and king queen i don't really think so i think yeah i'd, I'd be hard to talk me out of call here uh, Unless you think that there's no more bluffs. This bet, like, definitely scares the shit out of me. Yeah. So we think that Villain was sort of trying to get us to fold Ace-King, Ace-Queen. I mean, Ace-Queen and I guess... We also have ace jack. Uh, so you opponent bet seven fifty, which means that there's like a, sixteen or so behind. Yeah, no, I like call. I think part of the, I actually think that this, this bet kind of makes a lot of sense as a bluff. At first, it didn't make sense to me because it felt like, well. Well, first of all, I, I kind of forgot how deep, deep we were still. But mm -hmm. second of all, 
it's the kind of bet where or it's, it's a it's a turn that should be kind of scary for the hands he would be targeting to get to fold. But the kicker is that a lot of the hands that might fold eventually also have draws now. Like Ace Jack's not folding turn, but Ace Jack might fold the river. Yeah, or Ace Queen. Yeah, I mean Ace Queen could fold the yeah. turn, but I, it, you know, it, it has similarities to Ace Jack, obviously, in that way. So I like, uh, you know, if the side, if like the plan right now is try and get Ace X's to fold, then this size, I think. You know, we're starting to layer sophistication on this opponent, which is something you have to be wary of doing. But I, I do think that it's plaus- it's very plausible that this is a sophisticated bluff in the works. I also, I do think that I, I am still a little bit wary of this bet in general because I do think that, you know, my, my instinct like against most players would be to say that this player is trying to milk us. But I think both can be true and that there might not actually be that strong of incentive to play. Like a lot of times, in my opinion, you have an incentive to play bluffs and value differently based on how your opponent's actually playing. Yeah. But this might not actually be one of those spots. Do you mean for hero or for villain? For villain. Yeah. Like, like if I if villain has like a set or a straight, I don't think that he's shoving. Yeah. So even though we just said that you know Ace Jack might just call off a shove, like there's a lot of other hands in Ace Jack and. We can we're, we can also get Ace Jack to call at seven fifty, and then maybe get a lot of other hands to call the seven fifty. Um, yeah, eight seven, which is um, a pretty reasonable flop raise, picks up a pair, so. I mean that that hand could continue bluffing, but yeah, especially from opponent as described, but somewhat likely to find a check here. Oh, uh, I don't know. I yeah. kind of think that's one of our that might be our best bluff. Yeah, at this point, just because the eight is kind of like a deceptive value card. Hmm. All right, we both like call. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to argue against call here. Yeah. River is a five of diamonds. Pot is thirty three hundred. Um, I mean, we check and face a jam of sixteen hundred into thirty three, so a calf pot. Yeah, I guess we're just calling here. Uh, Hoping to see like eight, seven or. 
some yeah. like king jack king queen suited maybe 10 9 could be yeah i think like i wouldn't be shocked to see something like jack 10 uh king 10 i'd be a little more surprised to see king 10 oh yeah yeah But yeah, I think there's enough bluffs. And it's also buoyed by the fact that we can plausibly beat value. Like, what, I don't if know a, if... what if you had ace-king here? Is that a more interesting? Yeah, I think ace-king is like, it's a good deal worse. Not blocking the nines and ace-nine. Yeah. Not chopping with ace-nine. Not beating ace eight ten nine blocking king jack king queen i think there's a lot of things not going for ace king that are going for ace nine uh so i definitely think you can very defensively call ace nine and fold ace king which again like a lot of times opponents are either way under bluffing or way over bluffing but it's pretty easy for me to conceive of a number of strategies that would incentivize ace king to fold an ace nine to call here, especially from a more sophisticated opponent who has probably some notion of like how often they're supposed to be bluffing in this spot. I did say on the flop, like it was gonna be hard for us to get away from this. And I, you know, I stand by it. The eight's obviously one of the worst cards we can see on the turn. Uh, but I still think that. We probably just are pretty much resigned to call here. What about what's an interesting one? What if we had nine eight? Yeah, nine eight's like way worse. Yeah. I think. Uh because you you unblock ace ten. You block eight seven. Yeah, you block it exactly. You block eight seven, and you're. Like, it's nice to block the nines. We're losing. Yeah, we're losing to more ten nine as well. So, it's three combos, but or maybe just two combos. But you know, it could still be significant. All right. Do we have results? Um, yeah, you want to guess? Queen I feel Jack. like you, you, yeah, you have, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You, you had some extra info. I, I actually don't. We we did talk about this one a little bit before we started, which is unusual. Yeah. Uh, normally, one of us is very much ignorant of the contents of the hand, or in a lot of cases, when it's the guest who writes it in. I kind of skim the beginning of the hand to sort of get a sense of like what's happening and make sure that it's like coming from someone who's thoughtful yeah. um, and gives us good context. But yeah, this one, we talked a little bit about it, but I didn't, I kind of inferred that this player may have lost, but I didn't know that we were up against Queen Jack. So I am taking a little bit of credit for calling it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were just a little boned here. 
we could have i mean i think the the time to get away would have been pre-flop mm -hmm. fold pre fold pre it's a solution to every spot <laughs> well this was a fun one it's fun to play well, it's fun to talk about. Let me put it like this. It's fun to talk about <laughs> out of position spots, deep stacked against strong players. It's not quite as fun to play those spots. Uh, it's it's interesting, though. It'll make you think. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think Hira has very little to be concerned about with their choice of action here. It's very consistent against a number of opponent profiles. The... Obviously, we talked about preflop, but you know, I, I, I think that, it's important to like ask the question: like, can you fold the spot here? And like, we reached the conclusion of no, but I think there are some like really strong hands you can exploitably fold sometime, um, even in some of these tough games. So, yeah, the flop, the flop is interesting. The turn. The turn is an it, it's a good spot to look at because I think there's sort of a number of incentives pointing your opponent to that sizing with a lot of their range. And so it's a good thing to recognize that it's it's not a point where we can really dramatically exploit our opponent for being overly bluff or value heavy the way sometimes sizings can give that away in other contexts. I think both players played this spot well. Very well played hand. Yeah. Sign of a bad game. <laughs> All right, James. Well, look forward to planning our la last-minute trip to great state of Oregon. Yeah, and I'll keep you posted. Yeah, thanks everyone. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk soon.